Does your bike need some love? Shimano Original Replacement Parts are the best way to renew the original function of your Shimano-equipped bike. Available online and at your local retailer. The Pace Line is supported by LEL Cycling. Crafted in California, the LEL brand combines the latest technology with cycling tradition to deliver an experience that is authentically California. View their retail gear and custom program at lelcycling.com. From Red Kite Prayer, this is The Pace Line, the podcast on two wheels. I am Celine Yeager, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Patrick Brady. Each week, we take a look at how cycling fits into our lives. I guess the power is still on there. Are you going to uh, <laughs> jump on a bike and escape into the light at some point? Well, uh, I mean, we're recording because we have power, because if we didn't have power, we wouldn't be recording. Fair, fair point, fair point. Uh, yeah. So uh, this afternoon sometime. Uh, so everybody, we're recording on Wednesday, not Thursday, the day the show normally goes live, because this time tomorrow I will be without power. <laughs> um, but, you know, th- the alternative is like stuff being on fire. Or right. po- the possible so alternative. I hate to even like walk down the road, but like at what point do people start buying generators that also maybe cause problems and i don't know man like oh oh on facebook the among my local friends the hot conversation is well do i buy a gas one a diesel one (gasps) or solar powered no friends of mine have long been buying generators the last one they they, you know like home depot was out of generators yeah when you say gas i know nothing about generators so i'm showing tons of ignorance but it seems like i don't know i don't that the answer to fire prevention i I don't know uh i mean a generator isn't isn't a response to fire it's just a way to say i'm going to keep my life going well i understand that that. but i'm like is does there are we perhaps causing more problems down the road by everybody getting their own generators i don't and i don't know the answer to that i kind of doubt that i mean when you think about the environmental impact of Say, say there are, oh, just say most of the city gets them. Say there are 50,000 generators running for 24 hours. I think the environmental impact of that is pretty negligible when you consider everybody driving every day. Yeah, Even without the power on, everybody driving is going to be a bigger impact than those generators. Right, right. Yep. That makes sense. Yeah. I try to keep a bigger picture perspective on this stuff. You know, somebody oh, was yeah, getting yeah. No, out I'm of not shape saying about that they shouldn't airline be. travel. And I was thinking, well, you know, I only get uh, on a plane a couple times a year. I drive a car almost every day. Yeah. Maybe the I car should... thing is big. Yeah. <laughs> the car thing is, the car thing is let's, let's, yeah, it's funny how we do that. Like we worry about sharks, but not about getting hit by cars. Right. Um, Vaping, yeah. but not cigarettes. Yeah. Yeah. The... <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anyway. Uh, anyway. Yeah, so, uh, hey, we're recording, everybody. <laughs> yeah, hey, we got a show going on. How is everybody? And it's uh, <laughs> a lovely fall day here. Uh, how it about is there? lovely here, too. It is lovely yeah. here. Yeah. yeah, I am. I, you know, once once the power goes out, I'm going for a ride. 
Well, that's perfect. <laughs> this is how cycling is fitting into our lives. <laughs> yeah. So I saw some video of you from this past weekend. Oh, that's hilarious. And um, man, what at what <laughs> point in your day did that happen? Because I mean, five miles in, I'd have been like, yeah, this is a great adventure. 25 miles in, it's like, yeah, pretty cool. 55 miles in, it's like, oh, and at, say, 70 miles, I'd be like, shoot me now. Yeah, no, Iron Cross, which is what you're talking about, is not 70 miles long um, because it is so arduous. Um, so the total event is 60-ish miles, you know, okay. give or take a change as you're dear. Um, and that particular rock climbing segment is um, it's right before Larry's Tavern, which they always set up a it's sort of a bar and grill, if you will, in the woods. Uh, they have. <laughs> <laughs> so you're rewarded for that scramble up the slip and they were slippery because it was it was raining and they're mossy um, and they were probably also sweaty because it was a little warm and sweaty rocks are more slippery than wet rocks. If, if you know how rocks wet. But anyway, um, I'm going to go that, with it. Yeah, yeah, it, they are. Trust me. They're like covered in slime. Anyway, that mm. particular scramble happens about 10, maybe less than 10 miles from the finish. So you're about 50 something, 50. I want to say 55 miles in. Okay. Um, yeah, it's, it's not what you're looking for right there and then maybe because you've, al- <laughs> you've already climbed an awful lot. There's almost 7,000 feet of climbing in the day. Okay. So you have cl- you have climbed a lot. Um, people tend to cramp, you know, Ooh. because they shoulder their bike and they're trying to now scale a, a pile. Oh, of my gosh. Rocks <laughs> to cramp um, while your sh- but your bike is on your shoulder would not be awesome. No, no, not would not be awesome. Um, yeah, but, but you are rewarded at the top. They, there is uh, Larry's Tavern. They make venison steaks, a uh, little toast little pieces of you know uh crusty toast uh there's some there was some lovely whiskey and uh some beer so i had a little bit of the whiskey and some venison and kept moving along uh and it was okay. oh my god it was so good because it was uh it was not warm like it is today it was pretty it was it was seasonal it was pretty chilly <laughs> um, so the whiskey and the venison hit the spot and i think i saw another picture of you standing on top of something a hay bale, <laughs> which, which actually, can I just say, like, I like that they were trying to get into the fall festive spirit, but those shaky hay bales were probably not what our legs needed. Um, after <laughs> what, all those stabilizing muscles were maybe a little uh, tired. It was, it was, it did, it was, it was a little, it was a little challenge, especially after you've had your beer at the end of the thing. And now you're like, oh, I'm going to climb on top of those hay bales and put my arms up in the air and hope for the best. Um, yes, I, I, uh, and that is, that is going to be my pull actually this week. So I'll just jump on and start pulling. Um, I did, I, I, uh, this was the, this was my 10th anniversary of doing this particular race, Iron Cross. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And for those who do not know, this is the event we've been talking about. Iron Cross is an event that happens in central Pennsylvania that's been going on for 17 years. So it is way ahead of its time. It was inspired by three peaks in England. Yeah. Which is even more ludicrous from the from what I've seen of it. Um, It's got it's got 
everything. It's everything is up for everything is fair. You know, I mean, that's just it is a <laughs> two wheeled drop bar bike adventure. So there's gravel roads, there's double track, there's single track, there's pavement. As you saw in that video, there's a little rock climbing. You know, there's some uh, like literally three. You're just grabbing rocks and trying to make your way up with your bike. Um, there's tons of vertical gain always. Uh, this time I had about 6,800 feet in just under 60 miles. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's 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 not you have to go into it in the right frame of mind. So I, I did my first one 10 years ago. I had zero idea what I was getting into. I just heard like people talking about it. I was on like a test bike. I didn't even take my own bike. I didn't even know what I was doing. Um, <laughs> and I absolutely loved it because it was so ludicrous. Like that year, it actually started through an actual cross course. Like there was a um, what do they call those? Those death spirals or the spirals? The circles of death or what like the cross uh-huh. you know what I mean? Like the yeah. early birds that they used to put in a lot of the cross courses. It started in something like that, spit you out into a giant sand pit, and then like you went out into the woods. Um <laughs> it, 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 ridiculous. Um and I actually uh I won that year and I was hooked ever since. And before this weekend, I've won this thing four times, uh, including the past two. And I've stood on the podium a couple others. It's one of those events that just really suits me. Like, it suits my abilities and my personality. I'm good technically. Uh, it often goes on mountain bike trails. You know, like you're uh-huh. negotiating things that you wouldn't normally do on the drop bar bike. I climb well. I like chaos. Um, and frankly, aside from my propensity for going off course, which I have many times over the years on Iron Cross, mm. um, Thank God for GPS. That happens way, way less frequently. I've also, frankly, had good luck. Um, I've not ever, I should be knocking on everything. I've not ever flatted or otherwise wrecked my bike out there. And that is saying something because Iron Cross eats bikes. Like there are people <laughs> that have flats, like before they even get to the course, like people, like for whatever reason, the Iron Cross gods are just taking Zip. people out. Oh, yep. Wow. Just, um, you know, I've been and this year I've been quietly targeting this event all year in my head because uh, I just thought it would be really special to win it again 10 years later. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, well, it's not like it gets easier to win these things over time, you know, especially over, <laughs> like, say, the course of a decade. So I, I didn't want to get, like, too invested in that result. And as the event got closer, I got um, I was getting more mental, to be honest. Like, I would literally wake up like four weeks, five weeks ago and be like, oh, my God, Iron Cross. OK, don't think about it. Just don't think about it. Um, because like Unpaved got so much better by our bigger and better. My daughter is searching for colleges. Dave is studying for his MBA, my own workload. You know, there would be t- days that'd be like, why, why, why did I sign up for Iron Cross the week after Unpaved? You know, there's just like so much going on. Mm. Um, but, you know, I got over myself. I just keep like, I'm always like, get over yourself. No big deal. And as <laughs> I'd mentioned, I'd been working with a coach, feeling pretty fit. You know, Elliot Bach has been doing me pretty well. Uh, Keystone went very well. Keystone Gravel. And even though I didn't race Unpaved, I definitely felt good and unpaved. Like I felt very capable up the climbs. I could feel the benefits of all the training, um, the 120 miles and upwards of 10,000 feet were, were very doable and enjoyable. But after unpaved, I was done paved. I mean, I was, I was 
Yes, my legs were worked. And, you know, there's a lot of, let's say, celebration that happens under after an event like that, you know, yeah. That yeah. may or may not go into the wee hours and you may or may not be functioning on, you know, a well, compromised immune system. Um, right. yeah. So I had ended up fighting the sinus infection all week. And oh, my God. Yeah. And I had which is rare for me. Almost no motivation to get on my bike all last week. So, I, I mean, I just really didn't feel like riding, and even though it was really nice out. And mm. so I took that as a sign that my body was just really, really, really wanted a deep recovery period before I, you know, I just listened to myself. I, I made myself go out a couple of times just for my head, if nothing else, just to ride around, but I did nothing hard. I just spun around the parkway, which is our local, you know, super easy place to ride. Um, and then I was just like, okay, it's going to be what it's going to be. You know, I rode on Saturday. I felt, I felt pretty good. And I started feeling that little nervous energy. And I was like, all right, all right, might be okay. But when I woke up Saturday or Sunday, the race was Sunday at 5 a.m. And saw that the forecast had changed from like 60 degrees and sunny to a 70% chance of rain and 50 Ooh. degrees. Oh, right. I was like, what on earth am I doing? What am I doing? Why am I? I like, I, no, I wanted nothing more than just to roll over and just forget it. Um, <laughs> but here's the thing. I know the guys who run the event, you know, I know them. And they were psyched that I was coming and they had announced that I was, you know, coming, quote unquote, to defend my title, just whatever. But as someone, you know, like, I know that that counts for organizers. Like that's, yeah, it's important to them. And then, you know, you say you're coming, you come. Um, and more importantly, I had told my friend Andrew Bernstein that I was going to race in his honor. Yeah. Um, for those who don't know or remember, Bernie is my friend who was hit by a van uh, at very high speed while riding home from Boulder this summer. And it's no exaggeration to say that he nearly died. Uh, he broke dozens of bones and remains partially paralyzed in his left leg. He's doing extensive PT, is dealing with a ton of pain, and faces a completely uncertain future. Uh, and he loved Iron Cross. We've gone together a few times over the years. And there was no way I could tell him I bailed because it was chilly and raining. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, there's just like, I, I'm just like, get up. You know? So I took all of my own advice and just got in motion doing my routines. And that's the best thing to do when you're feeling like that. I had already packed all my bags. The coffee machine was ready to go. My breakfast was ready. My bike was set up. Kits all laid out, multiple kits, like for every different weather situation. Everything's laid out. So all I just I just got up, got in motion, um, and just started that ritual of like partially kitting up because there's really nowhere to change there, you know, and it's a two-hour <laughs> drive. Um, got in the car and just started going. And it's, it's a two-hour drive to Williamsport, so I had lots of time to stew in my misery. Uh, but I just, you know, just decided to make peace with it. Um, the nice thing about doing this after unpaved is it's literally half the distance. So the self-talk was way easier. I like, I could just be like, well, it's not 120 miles, you know, like it's <laughs> at least <laughs> mm -hmm. the moment I put down the pedal stroke, I have like less than 60 miles to go. <laughs> That's how I talk to myself when things get a little grim out there. So um, anyway, once I got there, as always, it was great to see the usual suspects, right? Like 
<laughs> excuse me, I'm still battling a little of my <laughs> done paved. Um, once I got there, it was great because it, it's usually the same people that you see. It's like a reunion, you know. Folks that had done unpaved were there. Uh, listeners of this podcast were there. Readers, friendly faces. It was actually, thankfully, a little bit warmer than forecast. So that was a huge relief. Like we weren't going to be last year. It was actually sort of snowing at the start. And that's just grim. <laughs> so <clears throat> it was better. I wore my paceline stuff. Um, I have a, a very light vest that lets me access my pockets. I put my bento box on my bike so I wouldn't have to worry about my pockets. So if I all I had in my lap back pocket was like my phone and my rain jacket. Um, and I had a nice pair of lightweight gore gloves that punch way above their weight. I think I've talked about them on the show before, but man, I love them. Uh, the start is neutral, which is nice. So you don't have to worry too much about warming up. <coughs> Excuse me again. So you like, you, you get on the road, you roll a little bit and then they, at some point they, they set off a cannon and it always surprises everybody. And you go under a stands arch and the thing is on and it, it starts up a big climb. That's chunky. Oh, it's a, oh. Yeah, which is how long is the neutral section? <clears throat> um, I want to say two to three miles, probably. Oh, okay, it's nice. It's nice, and it yeah. does. It rolls. It, it 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 leads you out of the valley a little bit. So it's it's a it's a solid, and it's very civilized. You know, there's a moto, and it's not like some neutral starts at twenty five miles an hour. I mean, we've <laughs> yeah, all done those. There, yeah, yeah. It's it's legitimate. It's a legitimate neutral start. Okay. But that but it's still a shock to your system to start because once it's on, it's on and it's on up a crappy fire road climb. It's long and hard. Um, and I honestly, I just felt like hell. Honestly, my sinuses Ooh. were completely plugged. My legs were flat, and my head was swimming in nothing but negativity. Like I rarely want to turn around right away, but there were many times up that first like half mile. I was like, I should just turn around. This is stupid. I am just not feeling it. But I looked around and I was at the, I was still like, it wasn't like I was dropping anchor. You know, I wasn't quite myself, but I was still, the front was in sight. The lead women were around. So I thought back to some advice I got from a running coach a few years ago. And he told me sometimes if you don't feel worse, that's good enough. And I was like, Okay. He's like, some of my best marathons was when I started and I was like, Ugh, I don't feel so great. And then he kept running. He's like, well, I still don't feel so great, but I'm doing okay. And like, it never got worse, but he still was moving at the same rate of speed. Okay. It just wasn't as enjoyable as a good day. You know what I mean? So right, I sort of right. put that in my head. Like, okay, so maybe this thing, I, maybe I won't feel awesome, but mm -hmm. it's not like I'm crawling. And yeah. I might yeah. as well just keep moving, right? So I honestly started talking to Bernie in my head. I mean, I basically said, okay, man, I don't know if I can win this thing, um, but I'm not going to quit. And I know damn well you'd rather be at Iron Cross racing up a rocky, rutted climb in the spitting rain, feeling like crap, than trying to coax your leg, left leg back into responding and teaching yourself how to walk and navigating the world in a wheelchair. Yeah. So... You know, as I talked to him, we would got me up the climb. And right about then we crested and started bombing along. Like it, it starts like. It's almost like double track, but it was all covered in fall leaves. So you couldn't see any of the rocks this year, oh. Oh, which, which is yeah. entertaining. Um, yeah. Um, and people's bikes just started exploding. It was funny. Just, I mean, it's funny, not funny, but um, <laughs> right. 
friend of mine, Michaela, who I'd been commiserating with, made that unmistakable sound of a derailleur going into the rear spokes. Oh. Oh. Yeah. I mean, she came to a stop and I was like, oh, well, that, at least I'm not that. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm, just like, I'm like, sorry, sister, but. Nice while it lasted. Yeah. So I kept charging on. Eventually, I started to feel a little bit better, and I was nearing in on the first place woman, um, another friend, Katrina, who I've raced. She races for Colvita. I've raced with her many times over the years. Just adore her. Uh, on the next major climb, I sort of started creeping up on her, and then there's a big, big descent, and I caught her on that. And we rode and actually just chatted for a bit. Um, you know, we were still, like, taking polls and, and chit-chatting, but... Uh, and I figured, okay, I'm probably going to be duking it out with her for the day, which is fine. But she needed to stop for food at the first aid station. Um, and I had my bento box stuffed with snacks. So I was like, I cannot stop. I'm finally like in the halfway decent headspace. Like, please. I mean, I would normally like do this for fair play, but I cannot stop. Like, you'll probably see me before too long. So I just and then it just bangs up another climb. And uh, I did figure I would see her again. I never did. I later learned that she started. She was also wrestling with mechanical issues, sort of chasing along one of those rocky sections. <laughs> um, but somewhere along the line, a funny thing happened. Uh, a song popped in my head. Uh, Lizzo's Truth Hurts, which I don't know if you know that. I know a lot of pop music because I have a 17 year old daughter. Um, it's been my earworm this season. But the beauty of that moment isn't necessarily this pop song is the fact that I had music in my head. And when I get music in my head, that means I'm having a good day. Like, so somewhere along the line, without even me knowing it, I had come out of the cave mm -hmm, and, you mm -hmm. know, through the other side. And all of a sudden I started seeing guys I knew were strong riders ahead of me. And I was like, okay, that's good. I see Jim. I'm going to go, I'm going to go catch Jim. And I was, I felt happy. I was happy for the rain. I was happy for the fog. I was happy for that insane run up that you saw the video of. I was happy for the venison and the whiskey. Um, and I was unbelievably happy that I didn't quit before I gave myself a chance to have that experience. Um, I picked up the pace, having no idea who was behind me or how far back. And after about four and a half hours, I crossed the mountaintop finish with uh, a win. <clears throat> so... It was a good reminder of something I've told people I've worked with and have written about many times. Like sometimes you have to give yourself a chance to come around and the cave is almost never a cave, but it's a tunnel and there's light on the other side. And usually if you give yourself the opportunity, you'll find it. So wow. that's my story. <laughs> oh, that's tremendous. Uh, I mean, seeing that video, I'll have to try to include a link to that if I can seeing that video it's like okay that you, when you see something like that you know that wasn't the only crazy thing that day right you know yes <laughs> it's like it okay. is the craziest thing that day but it is it's it's a it's a hard day i mean it's a yeah I, it really looked it and I, you know i just i love how straightforward you are about you know the challenging stuff that gets into your head We've all been there and it's like, oh, but Celine wins bike races. And oh, look, even Celine has that. Well, that's what it's funny. I mean, <laughs> somebody said, you know, like one of the women. I think her second place wrote in some post. She's like, I always just assumed that, you know, 
a rider like you just always it's always easy like you just win those things easily and it's just like it it doesn't no not magic it doesn't happen that way you know and i that is that is the first time that i've ever wanted to really stop that badly because mm. i just i just was not feeling it um but yeah i mean it's it's amazing what can happen it's amazing how you can come around even from yeah that kind of a space it is. It really is. And I, I'm, I just, I'm envy of you, envious of you that when you start hearing music, you know, you're in a good place that you have that direct correlation. Cause I get earworms of like, you know, early 1970s soul music. And it's like, no, just no, no. A I, little Led Zeppelin. Yeah, no, I, I do get ones. This one wasn't one. This is the one that this one I, I do kind of like. I do get ones where I'm like, what, why and where is that coming from? I have no idea. But um, but I'll take it because it's music. If my head is quiet, things aren't good. Like in my head, like with my head, if my head is silent. That means the chorus of demons is about to they're warming up. Oh, OK. Everyone else has exited the stage. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. I, yeah, I feel it. I, I, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Well, have and you Bernstein ch- was really touched. He was really, really touched. That's and he I was going to, to his first swim that day. And he's like, well, you've just inspired me to like, see what I can do in the pool. And it's, you know, it, I will say that, um, I'm keeping it together really well right now. But when Michaela came up to me after the event and I told her, I, we just, I just burst into tears. I did like, it was. It was super, super emotional. And I'm, I'm, I'm very glad. I'm just, I'm glad it was, it was, uh, meant a lot to me. A hell of a way to share a thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's, and that's what the, these bike things can do for us too. I mean, at the end of the day, we're just a bunch of us riding our bikes in the woods. Right. But that's, that's when it becomes more than that. Yeah, Absolutely. Uh, I continue to be amazed at all the different ways that this dumb little contraption (laughs) with chain pedals, a couple of bearings, you know, (laughs) some not very well engineered tires. (laughs) And yet it delivers us to so much. Yeah. I mean, it's, it really does. It's given me friends. It's strengthened those friendships. You know, (laughs) it's, uh, certainly it's helped me straighten my head out any number of times. Yep. You know, at least once a week. <laughs> <laughs> at Multiple times a week here. <laughs> yeah. 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 And yeah, to be able to share something like that. It's, it's amazing the way it'll just keep paying dividends in multiple directions. I love yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. Me too. Me too. So thank you to everybody who came up to me uh, during the event and, and said they liked the podcast. That, that's always nice too. like there's people who like at this point, which I've never gotten before. Like now they recognize my voice, Uh huh. you know, and that's funny. Like, are you yeah. Celine? And it's just because they write, because I do have a, you know, I have a distinct voice, but uh, that's, I, I find that amusing too. Like, Oh it, yeah, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I was in trail house just down the street here one, one afternoon getting a sandwich and a beer with a friend. And uh, this woman behind me says, are, are you Patrick pa- uh, pa- pa- Padraig? Uh, <laughs> it's like, oh yeah. Hi, guilty as charged. Um, 
her, her husband was in the bathroom and just before he'd walked into the bathroom, she was like, you know, we, we may see Patrick Brady here. He hangs out here some. And he was, I, I think that's if I recall, kind of dismissive. Like, you know, what, what are the chances? And he comes out, this is Patrick, <laughs> you know? So, I mean, it's, yeah, it's really fun uh, to meet you guys, you know, by all means. Yeah. yeah if no, you bump into rewarding. me, say hi. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we ain't oh. nothing without an audience. That is a fact. That is a yeah. fact. Okay. So we're going to take a break for our sponsor, Shimano, and we'll be back with, uh, some fun at Shimano. We love riding and we know you do too. As a small repayment for all the joy your bike has brought your life. We encourage you to maintain your bike regularly. Genuine Shimano replacement parts will keep your Shimano equipped bike running smoothly. Whether your bike is built with 105, XTR, or our new gravel group, GRX, a well-maintained bike will operate better and go faster. Worn out a chain? Consider that a badge of honor. You've been riding a lot. Does it sound like metal on metal when you hit your rim brakes? That's a sign it's time for new brake shoes. What if your disc brakes don't feel as crisp as they used to? Cool, you've been going fast. Give them a bleed. Does your chain skip on smaller cogs? You're using all your gears, and now your cassette is shot. Is that old saddle creaking? It may be fatigued because of all the miles you've put in. Consider a saddle from Shimano's Pro line of components. And what about your feet? Cleats can and do wear out, especially the right cleat if you're a cyclocross racer. Whether it is the plastic cleat on a road shoe or metal SPD cleat, they can and do wear out. To keep that love burning bright, Show your bike a little TLC and take it by your nearest Shimano dealer to keep it running just like when it was new. All righty. We are back with the Pace Line, the podcast on two wheels. Patrick, what have you got for us this week? Well, so last week, last week when I did uh, the Levi's Grand Fondo, I talked about riding that day with my friend Jeremiah Kamason, and mm-hmm. he's the executive director of a foundation called the B-Rad Foundation, a nonprofit called the B-Rad Foundation. And he'd gotten a grant from the King Ridge Foundation, which is the charitable arm of the Fondo, uh, as well as the Outride Foundation. Well, he told me he was going to take three of his students down to Specialized HQ in Morgan Hill for a tour. And I was like, oh, I need to tag along for that and see how this goes. That sounds cool. Yeah. So really cool. Three high school kids who have not had particularly glorious school careers. Yeah. Kids with ADHD. They're good kids. They're hardworking, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. they have not fit into the traditional, you know, educational system very well. Yep. And so, yeah, we loaded those guys up, uh, 16 and 17 year olds, I believe. Well, no, one was a freshman, two are juniors and loaded them up in the truck and made the drive down. So. The Outride Foundation, and we were there to see people with that, began as the Specialized Foundation a few years back, 2012. That was quite a few years. I thought that was even further back. Well, they started some of the work in 2009, but they formally- that's what I remember. Yeah. Yeah. They actually formed the foundation, you know, created a nonprofit in 2012. Cool. And then more recently, they changed the name to the Outride Foundation. Got it. Because they wanted to get specialized off the name so that they could hopefully start to get other industry partners involved to help fund this thing. Gotcha. So 
it started just with a very simple mandate to fund research into how the symptoms of ADHD can be managed with exercise rather than medication. Initially, they worked with RTSG neuroscience consultants, and they did a story, uh, a study in Massachusetts that involved 47 kids aged 11 to 14 at two middle schools. The entire goal of the study was just to see if exercise had a positive effect on attention capacity. That's it. Just will kids mm-hmm. focus better if they've exercised? And so for one month, kids rode five days a week before school for a half hour. Okay. Not only did they see an improvement in attention, but they found, oh, look, their moods improved. Their BMI improved. <laughs> <Shocking>. Fitness <laughs> climbed. Yeah. Um, I mean, to us, that's like, right. duh. Yeah. But to these it. researchers, they were you like, oh, my it. gosh. You yeah. know, three for the price of one. Uh, since then, Specialized has actually been funding research into this subject in conjunction with Stanford University. Mm-hmm. So now Outride is taking a serious leadership role in trying to better understand how and why exercise benefits people with ADHD. And of course, they're finding that the benefits go far beyond just this one subpopulation of people. In addition to the research it's funding, there are practical application pieces to what Outride does. The foundation created a program called Writing for Focus, and this thing's remarkable. It's a completely turnkey program that provides schools with bikes, helmets, a physical fitness curriculum, and even teacher training. That's so great. Right now, there are 132 schools across the country running the Writing for Focus program. And while I'm aware that forward-thinking programs often proliferate, shall we say, on the coasts, Mm -hmm. the schools for this are distributed throughout the country. There are a few states that don't yet have programs, but it's peppered very well across the entire country. Even some programs in in Alaska, which was like, wow, okay, that's cool. Uh, I don't know how to do it, but (laughs) good for them. Writing for Focus is just one of the three arms of the Outride Fund. In addition to that, they fund trail building with the idea that we need to give people, especially kids, places to ride. So these grants can be used to, say, cut new single track or repair existing trails, purchase equipment so that you can build and maintain trails, or even something as novel as building a pump track. And when you combine kids riding bikes and creating new places for them to ride, it does lead to another logical conclusion. Youth rider development is a way for the Outride Fund to keep kids in cycling once they've started. So this is the arm that can start a NICA team, support an existing team, purchase bikes and equipment, or even just focus some support on a single rider. The final tally for 2019 is three new trails, three new riding for focus schools, one of which being Jeremiah's, Mm -hmm. and grants to four different NICA teams. They've dispersed $1.2 million. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And that's, you know, like Trek's not involved. Giant's not involved. That's specialized. Uh, it's, it's them and their dealers. The average grant, I'm told, is about $10,000. And they made grants to somewhere between 30 and 60 programs. I didn't have the exact number uh, handy. All of this money is given as matching grants. So... It puts an onus on the people asking for money 
to yep. begin by raising it locally. You got to show that the local community is behind the effort. And so it was in securing a grant from the King Ridge Foundation that allowed Jeremiah to go to the Outride Foundation and get that matching grant. Here's the thing that just blows me away. So my career is devoted to cycling. I have a ringside seat to how the industry views itself. And, you know, with aging enthusiasts, an economy that seems strong, but we don't see people making big discretionary purchases much. There's the scourge of e-bikes, you know, but honestly, too many people getting hit by inattentive drivers. Everywhere I turn right now, there's some gloomy view of cycling available. But this, the Outright Foundation, is just incredible. It's one of the brightest things I've encountered in months and months and months. I'm blown away that a bike company has established a nonprofit that helps teach kids to ride, teaches them the value of riding, not just for their physical health, but their mental health as well, helps make sure they have people to ride with as they grow up in the form of NICA, and then helps make sure that they have places to ride by funding trail building. I swear, this is... This is now one of my favorite things in all of cycling. I am just so enthusiastic about this. I, if I had any willingness at all to try to move my family to Morgan Hill, I'd want wow. to go to work for him. I, I just, this mission is so easy to get behind. Have you crossed paths with them at all in, in your stuff? I have not. Um, like I said, the first time I came and, Countered with them was uh, in 2009. I was at Specialized for something else, like a product launch. And Senor did his first announcement of uh, of that initiative mm-hmm. of working with kids with the ADHD and that stuff. But um, I'm dying. <coughs> there we go. <laughs> Sorry, I am very done, Pave. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, no, 2009 is the first time I heard about it. And then I had seen some of the research with Stanford, like you're talking about. But I've not seen any of these programs you're talking about. So I'm super curious. Like, I'm really, really curious where I can't imagine there's not something around here. And if it's related to that, I'm going to have to look at that because that's really cool. Yeah. So I've got a friend who works with uh, works for the Sonoma County Office of Education, and she has to deal with certain. Uh, I'm not even qualified to 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 say what it is she does, but uh, there are times when there are uh, kind of special education challenges that need to be addressed, and so there's a tiny little school on an Indian reservation in the way out wilds of Sonoma County. Um, and they've got some significant challenges and health is certainly a big one of them. Oh, and for so sure. she's, she's very curious about the path that Jeremiah went on. So I've put her in touch with him and this seems like a great place where if she can get some money, then she can go to the outride foundation, you know, maybe start with King Ridge go to outride and get something uh, for these kids on this Indian reservation. Wow. And, and I mean, this is serious middle of the nowhere, middle of oh, nowhere no stuff. Oh, no doubt. No you doubt. Yeah. The, the one and only, the one and only event I know of that goes on the road where this uh, bike event that goes on 
the road where the school is, is, is the longest of the grasshoppers. That's how far out. <laughs> yeah. So it's, wow. yeah. Um, but you know, seeing, seeing the bikes that Jeremiah had, seeing the trailer, all the helmets and everything. And, oh, while we were at Specialized, they've got a pump track in, on their grounds now. And it's, they've asphalted it. Where's that? It's in back of what they now refer to as building one, the main building that you've always known. It's now building one. They now have multiple buildings over there. They've grown so much, but in back of that building, (laughs) in amongst like three or four trees, they've built a little pump track, poured asphalt over it. And so the kids, like they were ready to skip lunch just so they could ride the pump track more. That's cool. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And so, you know, this was their first time visiting any sort of bike company and especially getting a sense of the history of cycling and seeing how this one company had crossed paths with so many significant incident uh, events in cycling over the years, you know, seeing world championship jerseys and stuff like that. These kids eyes were like dinner. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's impressive. That's cool. I, it was, I mean, I've been visiting specialized for well, more than 10 years at this point. And I've seen it change a lot. And to have a chance to go back and visit them and see the enthusiasm of their crew and what that lit up in these boys who, you know, their lives, they've, they've had a lot of opposition because they're not wired like everybody else. Right. And so I really felt for them and to see the way they lit up in this environment oh yeah no that's awesome that's i mean those are gonna be kids that are gonna be like a bike saved my life sometime yeah. down yeah. The road, you know yeah it was really cool wow that's very very cool yeah um that was a day well spent <laughs> it really really was uh yeah and you know it's just nice to be around nice people in the in the cycling industry that's a fact yeah Alrighty, paceline picks. Sure thing. Um, mine are from baby alpacas. Oh yeah. Do you have some of the uh, baby alpaca pair. socks? <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> That's yeah. all I can do to wash them. <laughs> I love the baby alpaca socks. Do you, are you are you hand washing them? Because I've not been. Um, um, no. I've read that you're actually supposed to. I don't. I don't. I haven't done that. If something um, has to get hand washed, it better be on my body. Yeah, totally. Like I'm not. I, and and he says in the anyway, we're talking about follow hollow. Uh, they are performance alpaca socks uh, made from Peruvian alpaca fiber from baby alpacas. <laughs> made in the good old US of A. Um, I yeah. actually know the guy that does these things. I love oh, yeah. him. Yes, his, his inventions are all awesome. Uh, he did the back bottle and uh, speed sleeve, and like, he's a very he's 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 a good dude. Um, anyway, I I really do genuinely love these socks. So how can you not? They're very very comfortable. <laughs> I know they're I mean, very comfortable. I pulled them out of the envelope. It's like how good? I mean, somebody goes to this much trouble to send me a pair of socks. How good? I mean, they must have faith in them, but really, it's a pair of socks. And then I pulled uh, them totally. on. It's like, I am not taking these off my body. 
Well, but it, his his thing was like, if, I, if, I don't know if you watched his little Kickstarter video, no. but, um, you know, his thing was like and his tagline is like they're all day socks, you know, so you wear them to work, you put on your cycling shoes, you take off your cycling shoes, you go to the grocery store, you don't ever change socks. And he's kind of right. Like I wore them to Iron Cross. I raced Iron Cross in them. And then I didn't have spare socks, so I just put on my boots after Iron Cross, and my feet were not uncomfortable. And they were not skanky socks when the day was done. They were fine. Um, And I love the idea of wool, even merino wool, but even merino wool bugs me a little bit. I'm super sensitive to a little bit of itch, (laughs) um, and these have none of that. Like, they don't have a ounce of any kind of scratchy itchy anything like that yeah they make cashmere seem like itchy merino and they're not um they're not bulky i mean they're they've got some heft but they're not by any means you know they're fine inside yeah you're not gonna have to go up by a half size and shoe yeah yeah i've definitely come across socks that were so thick it was like oh i might need to give this some more thought yeah so they're they're 80 percent natural baby alpaca fibers because I just love to say that they're made of baby alpacas. <laughs> <laughs> Along with some synthetics to give them stretch and, you know, have them keep their... Make them last. Their, yeah, keep their shape. Uh, they're 25 bucks through his Kickstarter, but I think they're totally worth it. They're very... You will be happy with these socks, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is a, a pair of socks guaranteed to, to be regret-free. I would agree with that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I would agree with that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I got to make sure mine are washed before I leave for Costa Rica. They're no stink. You just put them in that bag. Test them. Don't wash them the whole time. <laughs> well, I mean, Fine. I might only bring two other pair of socks. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, so mine. A couple months ago, we talked about how Shimano is coming out with a new group specifically for gravel bikes called GRX. I'm finally getting on it. Yeah, it's out now. Me too? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. See the box behind me? Ah, yes. <laughs> mine is getting set up this weekend. Anyway, I didn't immediately right. take take it to the garage. I wanted to bring it inside and look at stuff. Uh, yeah, so a box showed up at my house two days ago with a group of parts. I don't have my chain or cassette yet, so I can't really do a lot. Mm, I can get started. Get very far. Yeah. yeah. I'm really excited to build up a bike with these parts and find out the strengths of the group. That's one of the things about Shimano is that I can always rest assured, okay, the stuff's good, but where are the points where this group really excels? That's it was the on that cutthroat that I, that I yeah. rode and it's, the stuff is good. It is definitely good. Excellent. Go ahead. What else, what, what else did you get? Well, one of the things I want to mention specifically is the dropper post. Okay. I did not get that yet. Ooh. So, I mean, droppers are not new to gravel bikes, though they haven't been done to... I'd say any great degree. I know there are people who wonder why I'm talking about a dropper post for a gravel bike. It's simple. I think they are far more useful, perhaps even necessary than people think. I agree. The issue is center of gravity, right? Yep. When you compare the center of gravity for a rider on a road bike versus a rider on a mountain bike, the rider on the road bike is going to have a center of gravity that is a hair lower but substantially farther forward. Yep. Even though most of the rider's weight is on the rear wheel, if you put a bike with a rider on two scales, you'll see most of the weight on the rear wheel. 
But the center of gravity is so far forward that when you factor in things like, oh, say momentum, (laughs) it's a good deal easier to go over the bar on a road bike than on a mountain bike. I've encountered so much crazy steep stuff on gravel bikes doing Mm -hmm. grasshoppers and other things around here where I've had to put my belly on Mm -hmm. my saddle and just ease my stuff myself down. So, I mean, I've been wanting a dropper on my allied Alpha All Road for a while now. The thing holding most of us back, very few dropper posts are made with a 27.2 millimeter diameter, yep. which is what most road and gravel bikes are made to accept. There are a couple of who do. Uh, KS, uh, yeah, there's a couple other small companies. But friends of mine who've tried to order most of these usually end up complaining that they're back ordered for months. They can't actually get the units. But with Shimano now offering a 27.2 dropper post, anyone who wants one will be able to order a dropper post for their bike. The I'm going to guess these first six months or so may require some patience. But once Shimano has caught up with all that initial demand, they won't be hard to get at all. And you'll be able to deal with your local bike shop because you literally can't be a bike shop and not have an account with Shimano. Huzzah! That is is true. That's a fact. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm I'm stoked. I'm really curious about how I'm going to do the cable routing. I was kind of hoping for an internal and maybe I would just drill a hole in the bottom bracket uh, or something like that. But this is external. So I don't know. Duct tape, maybe. (laughs) <laughs> I'll figure it out. But well, yeah, I, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that evolution. I bet I bet all that evolves. Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. For sure. I mean, there's going to start to be internal routing for drop. Well, that's what I mean. Like, like, there's no yeah. question that that's on its way. Right. That's definitely. It, yeah. How can it yeah. not? Yeah. I, and I just. So are you yeah. putting it on a one by or two by two by? Yeah. Mechanic. Yeah. Me. Yeah. That's what I that's what I have. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. So 4831 chain rings. I'd actually have been happy with 46, but mm-hmm. you know, I've got the 31. I believe the cassette's supposed to be a 34, so that'll be a lower than one to one, which yep. <laughs> please and thank you. That's fine. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh did you ride with the inline brake levers? The little the little like uh finger levers up on uh for the bar top. I didn't. Not- I did not. Those were not on the cutthroat. So okay. did you get those too? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, so there, did you get a, did you get a, a bar too? Or, or no? No. <laughs> no. Because no, no I'm gonna, I'm getting there. I fell in love with the flared bar on the cutthroat and I was definitely missing it on my um, upper this weekend at Iron Cross. You know, it's possible that that's coming in a later box because I remember some disc- discussion about which flare I would be well, more interested in. Well, there's going to be, that's a, that's you bring up a good question. So um, I'm getting right now. They have like two extremes. I can't remember. It's like maybe 12 and 30, 30 sounded ridiculous. I didn't need that, but I think that they're have a, I'm getting a 12 now, but they have a 24 that'll be coming out in the not too distant future, which is sounds like the sweet spot that I would eventually want. Gotcha. Yeah. 12 sounds. I mean, even that's uh that's a big step up for me in terms of flair. So I'm, I'm curious about that. Yeah, I, I I really like it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I I need to spend. I didn't think more time I would, but it. I really do. Huh. Okay. Yeah, it's high time. 
it's high time I gave it a try. You should uh, give it a try. Yeah. You should try. I, yeah. It's, yeah, I just don't get enough time in the garage anymore. Little people, right? Oh, well, there's that, yes. So, and I mean, I do 99%. I have a guy. I have a... Yeah. I have a guy. <laughs> Somebody else. I put it, the, 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 the elves take care of that stuff. That's a handy, handy you need, thing. You need some elves. That's all. I, you know, I'm grateful that Shimano is still using mineral oil for their brake fluid because this way I can get it sprayed all over everything and it won't take paint or skin off. I, I'm truly, genuinely, <laughs> really grateful for that. That's awesome. Yeah. And I know things are going to get interesting once I go adding the the little inline levers in yeah that's i'm interested yeah. to see what you think of that well so i've on my cyclocross bike uh i used to have a set I of had inline them years levers. ago on yeah. my giant i year like almost I, it has to be 10 years ago i had them on my giant cyclocross bike but yeah. i haven't had them since i don't know that i just not sure i'd i mean maybe i don't know because I do spend a lot of times up on the top of the bars. I just don't know if I want my brakes set. I, I can. Know. There are specific sequences out at Lake Sonoma when we're doing super skags where like I was, I was locking up my rear wheel with my stomach on the saddle and just skidding through turns because the gravity was such because it was so steep. Mm-hmm. That that was really the extent of my control was sliding the rear tire yeah, I, I knew, I and feathering that. the front brake, you know. And so the idea that I could sit up a little bit higher and sure, it's going to be a narrow stance. You know, you're using mm-hmm. a drop bar, a 42 centimeter bar. So you're not going to have a lot of room there. But the fact that I could sit up some with a dropper post and those little inline levers there's stuff in there. I could, I might not rip it, but I could really ride it. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's going to be a game changer out at Lake Sonoma. That's interesting. All right. I mean, I'll still be, you know, the human equivalent of a worn out tire. Uh, <laughs> by the time I get there. Oh, that's, that's the, that's one of the uh, longest days I do. It's just, okay. it's cruelly long. I was out there more than nine hours this time. That is long. That's long. Yeah. That's a long yeah. day on a bike. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, this won't fix me walking up hills. The 3134 may help some. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know this. Yeah. This one group could like solve most of my problems well, in the last the 10 miles. That's the idea. That's, yeah. I mean, it is thought it's thoughtfully done stuff. I, I've, you know, people who are like, oh, whatever, well, bikes are great. I mean, they, they, they're doing this to make the rides more enjoyable. And if yeah. you ride gravel, it's going to make it more enjoyable, period. You know? Yeah. I, you know, one thing I think would be really fun to do is not a whole reality series, but like a documentary, a reality type show inside Shimano showing the product developers and how they think about what their job yeah, is yeah. and, and give people a chance to see that they're not just trying to make you buy something new. It's like, totally. what can we do to make this more fun? Yeah, you know, to improve I 100% the experience. agree. Like the cynics, a lot of times you ask them, well, have you tried? And it's like, well, no. Well, like, well, then. Yeah. You know. You don't get to vote unless you register to vote. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, hey, that's a wrap on another episode of The Pace Line. Celine, are we pinning on a number or are we I still done paved? I am not pinning on a number. <laughs> I am done paved and ironed out. Um, so I will not be pinning on a number for, uh, there is another event yet to come. Rock and Road 
uh, in my backyard here in two weeks. But this weekend, I'm going to Bentonville. Uh, I will oh. be, yeah, I'll be at Outer Bike. And I will uh, also be doing something that I can't talk about yet. But I will hopefully be able to talk about it next week. Might be. Week after might next. Be. Yeah, right. <laughs> we'll get to that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, yes. But I, I, next show, when we talk, uh, there should be some exciting news. Cool. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm psyched to go to Bentonville. I really like it. Yeah. Yeah. It's about the same point in the year where we were there two years yep. ago. Yep. That is a fact. Yeah. Very cool. Well, I'm sorry I won't be there. That would be fun. But I'm going to be doing something, well, very enjoyable. I won't say cooler, but very enjoyable. As I mentioned Costa Rica a little earlier, I'm leaving on Saturday to go to Costa Rica to do a mountain bike trip. So Hopper very Adventures... Good. Miguel Crawford, who does the grasshoppers, mm -hmm. he is beginning to branch out from just gravel events. And so this is his first multi-day tour, multi tour outside the country. He's taken student groups uh, here mm -hmm. before. I, it's a small group. It's a small group of us, like five people. And I think they're all pretty strong. I could be the weakest link. Have you been? No, not to Costa Rica. Yeah, no. I've never, I've never done. I hear the jungle biking there is hard. Whatever has it. I have heard similar things. Yes, yes. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I've never done a mountain bike tour before. It's always been road tours for me. Oh, interesting. Mostly Europe. So are you, are you, do you know, are you point to pointing? Are you actually going from place to place? Or are you clover leafing? I think it's a lot of clover leafing, but I still, I only got the full itinerary yesterday and yesterday was a busy day that I haven't really had a chance to fully dig into it yet. So I will find out more uh, later today. Maybe well, I'll go to a coffee shop after the power's out and read. <laughs> Look into what's going on. Yeah. Idea. Uh, so yes, that means that next week we will not have an episode of the pace line because Costa Rica. Mm. Uh, but when... I get back. We will be back just like normal. And you'll talk about something that you can't talk about. And I will talk about Costa Rica. Right. All right. <laughs> At least this way, we've already planned the show. Stay tuned. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay, everybody. Keep those questions coming. You all have been sending some great stuff. If you've got an idea, please drop by RKP and put a suggestion in the comments. Don't forget our Paceline kits from Primal. They're up in the RKP store. Uh, I don't think I'm going to take mine to Costa Rica because I'm afraid of the mud, like just getting into stuff and never getting back out. That's kind of fair. They clean up pretty well, though. I have to say, I, I yeah, yeah. The shorts are super comfortable. I was very I, happy with them out at uh, Iron Cross. Yeah, I, I really like it a lot. I'm very pleased. Before we go, I'd like to put in a plug for RKP's other podcast, The Pull. The show features artisans talking about their craft in one-on-one -on -one interviews. Think Terry Gross for Cyclists. The show this week will be the second half of my interview with Toby Stanton of Hot Tubes, where he talks about his team. We hope you've enjoyed the show. And if you have, please leave us a good review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. It makes this easier for other, other listeners to find. Until next week, I'm Patrick Brady with Celine Yeager. Thanks for listening to The Pace Line.